Okay, okay, everybody. Okay, quiet, everyone. Quiet, quiet. Grab your glasses, pop your corks. The show is about to start. at hand the podcast that starts with whiskey, whiskey. and ends i think it's knowledge with knowledge right. knowledge uh, we are your hosts aaron Lindsay, and jake, jake. <laughs> and just thought, just thought i'd <laughs> emphasize that one for you i will introduce us to those of you that don't know us <laughs> just waiting for aaron to say that. that's oh, okay i'll wait for you no cue uh, aaron <laughs> is a marine biologist who has recently been contracted by the federal government to head a special project that trains an elite group of bottlenose dolphins to form <laughs> a cooperative tactical combat unit. Oh, yeah. That sounds about, yeah, really interesting. That. That does. A little bit. Yeah. I didn't know he was involved in that. I but didn't either. Uh, How come he didn't say anything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, it was a, maybe it was top secret then, it's and now it's, uh, now it's, it's not. It's declassified. Declassified. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what kind of operations will the dolphin combat team be used for? Spying operations on Russia. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. What Russian program are we spying on? Can't tell you that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Classified. <laughs> yes. Cool. International mammal of mystery. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lindsay is a long haul truck driver and ancient alien theorist. She enjoys long walks on the NASCAR infield and fancy dinners at Red Lobster. <laughs> oh, redneck. I like it. <laughs> I have only five questions for you. Oh, okay. Who only were five. they? Start with five. Why did they come? <laughs> <laughs> what did they leave behind? Where did they Where go? Where did they go? Will they? When will they, they return? return. <laughs> um. So if you could answer each one of those. <laughs> sure, I can answer them all. The first one was, who were they? It's still present tense because they still are here. They are us. Why did they come? To create an elite combo of them uh, mixed with hominids from the earth. What did they leave behind? A bunch of invalids. <laughs> <laughs> with no super Where did powers. they go? <laughs> they took off because they were really annoyed with what they created. And w went to another planet. Makes sense. And probably made some other better people. When <laughs> when will they return? <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the dad that went to go get cigarettes. He's <laughs> <laughs> fucking never coming back. They're like, we just need to go get some supplies from our home planet. <laughs> yeah. We'll be back. Yeah. Back in 20 minutes. Uh, you got these pyramids. I think you're fine for now. <laughs> And I am Jake, your friendly neighborhood OSRV operator. Off-road vehicle <laughs> operator. <laughs> that stands for oil spill response vessel. For those there we go. That don't know. So tonight we're going to talk about some very interesting technology mm. called LIDAR. Mm -hmm. And the things that people have discovered using this technology, mm -hmm. which 
is already history changing. It really is. It's pretty amazing. So LIDAR and the use to find ancient cities, roads, all these things Mm -hmm. that we didn't know were there just 10 years ago. Yeah. And it's a lot. And it's really, really, really cool. I mean, they're learning. We'll get into it later. But before that, tonight we're doing something a little different. We don't have a whiskey. We do have a spirit. We have an alcohol. And it was given to us by some people that are really great. Very generous. Very generous by the names of Phil and Ladon. And it is called Chow Motai. And it is a Chinese spirit called Baijiu. Baijiu, I think Baijou. is how you pronounce Baijou. it. And there's a few Baijou. different types of... I'm off to drunk, I go. <laughs> there's a few different types of, of Baijiu. Uh, but we're going to taste that tonight. And to give you an idea of the sizable gift that they gave us, um, this will be the most expensive liquor I have ever put oh, in I my did. mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any it of us. is an insanely expensive yeah. bottle. And Very cool bottle. With a little too. bit of interesting um, history, too. So, Baijo, I guess to give a little bit more, it's a, made out of, of sorghum. Sorghum. It's a yeah. sorghum alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, a wheat like grain called sorghum and that's what this spirit's made out of it's i believe it's clear uh but we haven't opened the bottle yet and it's in yeah. a cool like afraid to open bottle. it it's so it's such a <laughs> Can't uh, see. It's, it's got a gold red black and white writing yeah and it's made out of yeah it has like it's, it's like ceramic it's like a it. ceramic bottle with these two little red ribbons with some chinese characters on it the there's some covering around the cap it's very cool like a wax cover yeah yeah it almost looks like uh you know like jade um gargoyles and things like that that's what this bottle reminds me of it's not jade it's white but you know it still has like the the ripples on the top and it's just really cool Mm -hmm. there'll be pictures on the site yeah uh, so go to facebook and check us out and you can see pictures of this really really cool liquor but this company kuechow motai is the world's largest distiller and the world's most valuable spirit company which is crazy to think about because this this liquor itself doesn't really have a big market outside of China. So t- in order to be the world's largest distiller and, and world's most valuable spirit company, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they surpassed Diageo in 2017. Yeah, this was given to Phil by his sister who goes to travels to China to talk about um I assume education with with certain dignitaries. She's a dean at a college on the East Coast, I think. And so they gave her this as a gift. She gave it to Phil, and and Phil gave it to us. And uh, now we get to now we get give to it a shot. So thank you. Incredibly generous. Thank yeah. you, Phil and LaDon. Very generous. Thank you, Phil and yeah, LaDon. You. you guys are rad, but you already know that. Um, so Very much appreciated. Let's open it up. I don't even know Kay. if there's going to be a cork on this one. So Aaron's over here struggling with oh. this uh, cap. Yeah, I think oh. you just pull on the ribbons there. A little off. So it's got a red cap with with like a the on the top cap. It's got a red uh, like communist star. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Screw top in a weird little opening. Look at that. It's got like a little. It has like a little anus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a little butthole. Yeah. It has a, I don't know if you do anything more than I that. I don't think so. I think Let's that's it. I think it just pulls out. Let's pour it in Very the glass. Very interesting. Weird. It is thick. You gotta pour it. Oh, it's super I do want some more though. I want to get a good gulp of this. Totally. It's fifty-three percent. Whoa! I can smell it. Yeah. Whoa. That's good for me. Fifty-three percent. 
Ooh. It's pretty fun to pour. Yeah. Here. That's probably good. Yeah, that's probably just I want one one big gulp because that's how you're supposed to drink it. You're supposed to drink it in one shot. That's how they do it over there in China. So far, it smells like if you left the cap off, it would evaporate within the hour. <laughs> oh, that is we super weird. Yeah, that doesn't smell like anything I've ever Ooh. had or smelled before. That is so weird. It smells like soy. Yeah. Is that what it is? Like if you uh, put I some soy sauce in like yeah, a rubbing yeah. alcohol bottle. Yeah. There's something else there too. Some mm-hmm. other some other food. I can't tell what it is either. It might be sesame, like sesame oil. Have you guys ever had that stuff? It's not soy sauce, but it's uh, coconut aminos. It's like it's aminos. Yeah. Aminos. Yes. Maybe it's that. That's what so it smells good. like. Yeah. yeah, it's got a sweetness to it too. It does it has a weird like ripe sugar sweetness? Like straight up, just yeah, like sugar. Up sugar. Yeah. It smells like sorghum. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know what that smells like. I, I expected to get more of alcohol vapor from this. Yeah. Now, this bottle in particular is from 2017, and apparently that matters. It's a large drink here. We're going to try, we're gonna try to do it. a traditional Chinese thing here. Yep. Okay? okay. Uh, Let's do it. Chin Chin Gan Bi. Oh. Whoa. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> okay. What the fuck? I'm going to have to try some more just to be sure. <laughs> what was that? You good? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that is just fucks with your taste buds. That's crazy. Black licorice. That is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever. By far. It's got black licorice. Had. That was very weird. Oh very God. strong. And so what we had to do, very strong, everybody was. Uh, gan, and it was a large drink. Gan B means dry glass in Chinese, so you have to drink it all. That's how they do it. Apparently, that's how they drink this stuff. Is you know, it's Wait, you have to. You could not yeah. sip that. Nope, there's no way you could sip that. It's not a sipper. That is mm-hmm. so fucking weird. There's but something. There's it's tingly too. Whew. Oh. I wonder if you're supposed to serve that hot like sake. You're not. Oh, really? I okay. don't think, yeah. I, don't, I didn't see anything about that. I was watching videos about it and stuff. I didn't see anything about drinking it hot. And I'm drunk. No, I'm just kidding. It's very interesting. I don't want to talk too much shit weird. about it. Well, oh, I don't, no, it's I don't hate it. No, it's actually pretty good. I just don't know what to think about it. It's just I don't know what wild. Just yeah. Well, the, sake is like that to me, too. If we just took a shot of sake, See, I love that would have probably... I like I it, but sake. it's, it's kind of crazy. Like sake. But no, this, nothing like sake. This has such a, like a soy, salty... Yes, mm-hmm. very salty. It is so weird. I wonder where that comes from. I'll have to do some more research. But I'm actually really excited to drink it because... I guarantee you there are not many people in our proximity or yep. even further that has a, have a oh. chance to drink this. Yeah, I feel honored. A 375-milliliter bottle of this on Total Wine right now is $729. We have a 500-milliliter bottle of it. So do the math. I'm, you know, We're thinking it's probably right around $900 value. As from, yeah. you know, and whether it's actually worth that or not, they say that this company, so they market to the wealthy and to mm-hmm. dignitaries and things like that. So that's why... It's so expensive, but man, that is really cool to have like a traditional Chinese. This recipe's been around for two thousand years, yeah. So it's neat to have this uh, opportunity Mm -hmm. to try some traditional Chinese spirits 
that otherwise we would not get a chance right. to have. Exactly. I mean, this is not something you can just go to your local liquor store or even a big liquor store mm-hmm. and find. It's just not. So, and there's different types. There's other types of uh, baijiu that are much more inexpensive, different styles. I think there's three different styles from different regions. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like scotch a little bit, right? So different regions, yep. you get different yep. flavors. Yeah. But this one is is by far the most expensive, and we got a big old bottle of it. I mean, considering. It's, it's such a special thing. So so tonight we're going to talk about LiDAR, uh, which is a certain kind of now technology. Now <laughs> uh, that was pretty funny by the way i showed my i showed my dad that text i was like see my friends are clever too <laughs> yeah we're gonna talk about lidar and some of the ancient things that we've found not us personally but scientists and archaeologists have found using this technology uh, but first i am going to talk about what lidar is and lidar uh, l-i-d-a-r stands for light distance and ranging it is a remote sensing technology that measures just that, the distance and the range to and from an object. Originally developed in the mid-1970s, although they were working on it in the 60s, the technology, because lasers, we didn't actually have usable lasers until the 60s. La- sharks until with Dr. lasers Evil. Laser. on Dr. Their Evil hands. invented yeah. them, right? But in the, in, in the 60s, they were working on uh, developing lasers. So in the mid-1970s, NASA and the U.S. military developed LIDAR to track uh, lunar and satellite distances. Mm -hmm. Cool. So uh, that's pretty neat. It's been been around a lot longer than I thought. Because I just, Mm -hmm. you know, I've heard about this within the last maybe like 10 years and seen some shows where they're using it to to find all these uh, like pyramids that are buried in the the jungle and stuff that you wouldn't see otherwise. Uh, But now LIDAR is mainly used to make high resolution 3D maps of geographical sites. Uh, with applications like surveying for forestry, geological, seismological, and archaeological projects. That's a lot of occults. That's hard <laughs> to say. Um, and some of these archaeological projects are what we're going to be talking about later tonight, right? Yeah. Oh. So really, <laughs> honestly, some of these uh, discoveries are really important. And like I said before, they're history changing. And it's kind of an exciting part of what this technology can do. Uh, we're going to get a little sciency. Yes. Yes. Let's get sciencey. Let's get into it. Science! First, I want to talk a little bit about something called pulse and return. Okay. Uh, a pulse, in the case of LIDAR, is a burst of light energy emitted from the sensor unit. Uh, the return is the reflected light energy from those same pulses as they bounce off their target area and are recorded by the same sensor. So mm-hmm. it, it's a pulse of light or laser that is shot down from the sensor and is reflected from whatever solid thing it's hitting and and coming back up. So it's a lot like radar and sonar. Uh, The differences are radar uses radio wave pulses. Mm -hmm. Sonar uses sound wave pulses. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the idea is the same, right? That's so radar sends out a radio wave pulse. It hits something, sends a signal back, and that's the radar picture you get on that screen. Same as sonar, except it's sound waves. LIDAR uh, uses light energy pulses or uh, laser pulses to send a signal to a source, bounce it back to a sensor, and calculate that distance using the time it took to go down and back up to that sensor. So it's actually basically using the speed of light to record that data. Uh, so then it sends that data to a computer uh, to create extremely accurate and detailed 3D maps uh, and models of that specific target area or landscape. 
Modern LiDAR sensors are capable of one million pulses per second. Holy Jeez. shit. Within a five millimeter accuracy. Wow. Wow. It is like, That's yeah. Crazy. Back in the 90s, it was between 2,000 and 25,000 pulses per second. So, I mean, that is huge. Yeah. That's crazy. so accurate. So if you look at some of these pictures, and I'll try to find some cool LiDAR images mm-hmm. and put them up on the Facebook page, okay. maybe even the I'll website. I'll send you one from what I'm going to talk about to, okay. s- to put on there. Cool. Uh, so there are a few different types of LIDAR. There's terrestrial, which is from the ground. Okay. So that's that's using a sensor unit from the ground. Okay. There's aerial from the air, which uses uh, infrared light pulses. Okay. And that's from under a plane flying over. Right. There's bathymetric LIDAR, oh. which shoots uh, green light wavelengths, which is the best uh, light wavelength to see through water, to penetrate water. Oh, whoa. So bathymetric LIDAR can go through water, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but tonight, we'll be mostly talking about aerial LIDAR, which just means that its light pulses will be focused from a sensor mounted under an airplane that flies over a target zone to look down through, and I say through uh, with quotations, uh, dense jungles, forests, and places like that uh, to see what lies beneath the foliage mm-hmm. and the ground cover. And I use quotations because the light pulses don't actually go through leaves and trees and mm-hmm. dirt and things um, what happens is like light shining through a jungle canopy and its light beams are hitting the mm-hmm. ground lidar works the same way except um, they're, sh- they're shooting so many laser pulses through that it makes it through every little space crazy that's between Weird. the leaves and trees and wow. ground and okay. bushes mm. and ground cover all. Mm-hmm. so it makes it through all that stuff and that's that's how you're able to see these these uh structures that mm-hmm. they're finding under it foliage and ground solid, cover in other words like as long as it's a real heavy solid object like stone or yeah. something like that then you can see a shape all that information you're getting back up that shows you what's underneath that stuff is just fitting through the little spaces around it. Okay. But it's able to still take all that data and give you a picture. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty wild. That's so you're not neat. actually seeing through that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's pretty neat. Weird. Uh, there, there are four key parts to the aerial LiDAR system. Uh, the LiDAR unit itself that emits the light pulses or lasers that scan the ground and also receive the, that same pulse reflected back as the plane okay. flies over. Mm-hmm. Uh, You need a GPS receiver that tracks the altitude (laughs) and location of the plane. Inertial measurement unit. Now, I didn't know what this was. Inertial? Inertial Hmm. measurement unit. It's called the IMU. I think I went to school with them. (laughs) Inertial Mathers. (laughs) Uh, So what this this does is it tracks the yaw, pitch, and roll of the plane. All that means is the the yaw, the the pitch, and the roll. So planes have it, boats have it. Oh. And basically, it's the up and down and side-to-side motion. Okay. And why this is important is because the plane is always moving, you know, one way or another, wing up, wing down, this Depending way. Depending on how so hungover over the this is pilot the is. <laughs> okay. When you start to kind of twist on this axis, and I'm using my hand to show that's Aaron. It's hard to explain. An MRI, that's the Z-axis. Okay, it's the Z-axis. Yep. And uh, so this uh, inertial measurement unit accounts that into all the data that's going in the computer. And finally, the computer that we're talking about here. Um, it records all of the aforementioned data. Data? Sure. Data. Data. Both. Data is a character on Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, so Star Trek. Oh, shit. Oh. I just lost so many friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're screwed. Uh, so it uh, 
gathers and records all that data data as uh, the LiDAR scans the Earth uh, to come up with an accurate map of that particular ground's contour. Okay. Okay. So you might be asking yourself, why is this boring science about lasers and sensors <laughs> and the ground so important? Well, right now, across the planet, uh, scientists and archaeologists are discovering thousands of ancient structures, cities, roads, and unknown civilizations that have been covered up by overgrown jungles and forests for thousands of years. Ancient cities and changing human history with LIDAR. Coming up after the break. AMH Custom Craft on Etsy.com. One-of-a-kind handmade items from leather, wallets, and beautiful knives to copper bracelets, earrings, and bow ties. Everything at AMH Custom Craft is made with repurposed quality materials. Want a custom piece? Send Aaron H. a message and make it happen. AMH Custom Craft on Etsy.com. You know, guys, I was eating at a local brewery recently, and I thought to myself, you know what this food could use? It could really use some funkies. Funkies Hot Sauce Factory uses locally grown and organic ingredients to master the art of spice and flavor. A delicious addition to any meal, non-GMO, vegan, and gluten-free. Pick up a bottle or two of Funky's Hot Sauce and taste what you've been missing. Every batch is made with love and always funky fresh. Go to their website, funkyshotsaucefactory.com, to order now, or check them out on Instagram at Funky's Hot Sauce Factory. And we're back. <laughs> uh, Aaron shake is it, going to it, amaze it, us it, with it, some LIDAR in space. Yeah. LIDAR in space. LIDAR yeah. in space. Okay. <laughs> All right. So 1971, one of LIDAR's earliest uses was to map the surface of the moon during the Apollo 15 mission. Fake. My <laughs> fake. <laughs> <laughs> They mapped it, Obviously. and what did they find? Fake a news. huge Fake old news. space station, right? Oh, they're going to say something else. Oh. A huge <laughs> alien <laughs> cock. <laughs> Drawn on the base of the moon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It had three holes. <laughs> I mean, it's an alien. What are the other two used? And six balls. <laughs> yeah. So 1996, NASA Whoa. launched. Hold on. 71. <laughs> Nothing, happened. Nothing, Nothing happened. Nothing happened between those <laughs> Nothing days. Nothing happened. <laughs> Not right. one thing. So 1971, there, they're mapping the surface of the moon the with Apollo LIDAR. Apollo 15 mission. Yep. Apollo In 1996, NASA launched the MOLA, or M-O-L-A, the Mars Orbiter Laser Altimeter. MOLA. 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 Is that a Limp Bizkit song? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Keep mola, 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 mola. What? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Come on. Flip biscuit. Uh, so it, it is an instrument on the Mars Global Surveyor, MGS, a spacecraft that was launched on November 7th, 1996. The mission of MGS was to orbit Mars and map it over the course of approximately three years, uh, which it did successfully. Cool completing four and a half years of mapping. MGS carried a laser altimeter on board. The instrument MOLA collected 
Optometry. Yep. Optometry right. data until June 30th, 2001. MOLA then operated as a radiometer until October 7th, 2006. Ah, so Alt- altimetry mm-hmm. is probably the measurement of the length of space between the top of these things that's scanning and mm-hmm. the MOLA in orbit. Yep. Yes. Totally. You got it. Okay. That sounds right. So you're learning about uh, how far Space down between the lasers, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, like, they're sending like a laser pulse and, right. just okay. and like... Well, we know how LIDAR works. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously, we've <laughs> already covered that. <laughs> we've covered that already. <laughs> Don't say laser pulse any more times in this entire thing. I've already talked about it. It's mine. <laughs> you do your own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pay me royalties. <laughs> The so discoveries good. found were extremely helpful in planning future missions to Mars, um, as they found uh, seasonal variations in snow depth on Mars. We now have the most accurate topographical oh. map of any planet. Love that word. Wait, Other did you say Earth. snow depth? Other than the Earth. Yeah. Yes. On Mars? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. Huh. The internal structure of the planet, pathways of past Waterways. These are all things showing us the mapping of it, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Martian clouds and lots of buried basins. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, since this maps pretty much the whole surface, you can really see where the old waterways were and Mm -hmm. things like that. Cool. It is fucking cool. I love that shit about Mars. I like that. It scares me though Mm -hmm. because, I mean, Mars probably looked like Earth at some point. Yeah. Right. Right. So it had atmosphere. It obviously had water. Like, it looked like this. Moons, all right. that, yeah. Yeah, and so what's going to fucking happen yeah. to this one? Uh, right. Yeah. You know, and uh, when? I think we can, We're getting closer we to the sun, you know. We can guess what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So in 2016, scientists at NASA announced they're working on a version of LIDAR technology to detect life on Mars called the Bioindicator LIDAR Instrument, or BILI. Billy. <laughs> I like wonder it. if they'll draw a face on it. A device originally designed to scan for toxins, pathogens, and other biohazards. How, though? I, mm, okay. May one day About come in know. handy on Mars, on a Mars rover. The NASA technologist, Branimir Blago... No, I'm not. It's I made Russian. that up before he used to make you Blago say Dimitri. that. <laughs> Did you really? No, Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that would be something you would do, though. So what's this guy's That's name? Good one. Branimir. BB. Is he's testing out a prototype of the bioindicator lidar instrument, Billy, or the Eilish, yes, <laughs> <laughs> which would use lasers Billy. to scan for nice. the signatures of life on Mars. Billy was originally created by the military to detect biohazards and life-threatening chemicals here on Earth oh. by using lasers to sniff for biological information about Sniffing particles in the air. But NASA says Billy can be adapted to detect biological particles that would indicate signs of life on Mars as well. It's so cool. So using lasers maybe to see particles in the air that you wouldn't mm-hmm. normally be able to see, but you can see them through lasers. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's like a whole Freaking different lasers. use of this yep. technology. Yeah. It's not just uh, biological use. Yeah. Wow, that's cool to think Instead about. Because think about all like think about a million laser beams going down at once. Right. All that all that data it could you could see. Yeah. It'd go through the dust and the yeah. part and like whatever bacteria or this or that. Yeah, and if yeah. you can identify it with different colors or whatever. Sure. Yeah. 
freaking cool. It's cool. Yeah. It's freaking cool. Freaking cool. Freaking cool. laser, laser beams. beams. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so with a particle detecting lidar system, scientists will be able to scan Martian dust plumes without driving into them. Sweet so pain. as to avoid potential contamination. Martian dust plumes. Martian dust plumes. <laughs> They're stinky. We are Martian dust plumes. <laughs> You'll melt your brains. <laughs> so the LiDAR systems attaches to a mast on a rover and pulses fluorescent light into airborne dust. By analyzing the way the dust interacts with the light, oh. scientists can gather data or data about <laughs> the age of the dust and any organic materials it may contain. Right, because think about it. When you've ever seen a uh, show where they're showing you like how a laser works, you know? Yeah. It's like in a... It's in a laboratory somewhere, and there's a laser, but you can see through that laser everything that's floating around in the fucking air that yeah. you can't see otherwise. Right. Kind of like when that's the cool. sun comes into the living room and exactly. then all the dog hair <laughs> the and same the cat thing. hair. Yeah. And like, yeah. You're like, I'm yeah. breathing that all the time? Yeah. I wonder why you're always sneezing. Uh. All right, so in February 2021, NASA has officially landed their Perseverance rover on Mars. This accomplishment could not have been done without the help from Extraordinary, 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 very ordinary, very ordinary mm-hmm. <laughs> engineers and their technology, including <laughs> LIDAR technology. LIDAR will soon be the norm for how scientists plan landing procedures. But this technology makes, sense. makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why but would they land somewhere if they didn't know what it was like beforehand? You know, yeah, they were right? able to map it. They know exactly where they should I land. Mean, and that's what I was. I was having a parking lot set up for you. And I'm reading this uh, about this stuff yesterday, and it's like, it is so accurate. Mm -hmm. Five millimeters. Can you believe that? It's so accurate. They can say, okay, that is perfectly flat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is a perfect square or whatever. Like, they can tell. They tell you what size it is and and, everything. And then you just get some. Without even being there. No, 2,000 feet above. Yep. You get some coordinates, and you can, now you can, they have all sorts of things where you can just program to land wherever, right? Mm hmm. So. Uh, so currently, Perseverance is using LIDAR while roaming Mars and sending the geographic scans back to Earth for fur- further analyzation. Analyzation? Analyzation. <laughs> ah! <laughs> that's what I heard. <laughs> yeah. So the Nazca lines in Peru are among the most mysterious geoglyphs in all of archaeology. The These. most fascinating thing, I think, on the planet to me for some reason. Yeah. I yeah. love those damn Nazca lines. <laughs> Not into them. They're so cool. These glyphs of humanoids, geometric shapes, and animals have baffled experts for almost a century. So now Japanese researchers believe that they may have found up to 143 new images near the UNESCO World Heritage Site. So one was discovered using new artificial intelligence, and it is believed that this technology could now reveal a flood or more glyphs. So they used LiDAR technology and had a collaboration with IBM to use a technology they created called the PEARS Geoscope. So this is a cloud-based artificial intelligence that can analyze data from... Now I just want to say analyze. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) That can analyze data. (laughs) It turns it into (laughs) anuses every time. I'm going to take this data <laughs> you know what? and I'm just going to analyze it. Why do we why have I never thought of this before every time someone says they're going to analyze data? <laughs> Hang on, let me analyze that. Yeah, yeah, no. When I'm at work next week, 
I might be like, did you analyze that thoroughly? <laughs> I can't even phantom that you would you would have analyzed that thoroughly. <laughs> you oh, invalid. <laughs> you invalid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Invalid entry. Inv- invalid entry. <laughs> so, uh, this technology it, that can analyze data from multiple data sets and is especially useful useful when it comes to geospatial evolutions prior to those new discoveries. Uh, it was recorded that around 80 geoglyphs existed. However, the team from Yamagata University used drones and 3D data to identify up to 143 new geoglyphs, according to a press release by It's like almost Yamagata. double what they've already found is what they're yeah. finding. Well, right, because the, the ones that they found initially, we can see with our eyes, mm-hmm. right? You can see yeah. they're there. They're huge. They're really crazy. They're massive. It, yeah. The, so they're using LiDAR to see things that we can't see with our naked yeah. eye. Mm-hmm. And it can, it can, to five millimeters, remember. So yeah. even if it looks like flat sand to our eyes, it is sending these laser pulses down and it can see all these little increments mm-hmm. that we can't see with our eyes. And then it's given you a 3D map of what it actually looks like. Yeah. That's crazy. Fucking wild. It has always been a question as to why the Nazca lines are still so visible. It turns out many of them weren't. Many were buried and the ones we could see were just the tip of the iceberg. So crazy. Yeah. It's not even the... the um the geoglyphs of the Nazca lines that are so interesting to me. It's the indentations in the earth that look like some type of uh, vehicle, like an off-road vehicle that's on tracks, like what we'd picture eight, but this is nowhere. They're way bigger. The indentations throughout the desert that just, they go for miles and miles and miles show these bowl like indentations that are spread out. Yeah. Like not tires, but like the like tread of an off-road vehicle mm. that like what we would put a lunar lander, right. via- an off-road vehicle, what we would put on another planet. Mm-hmm. Right. So it just it, that really gets to me. It makes me feel like there had to be at some point, maybe before humans were intelligent or before we existed, that somebody sent down some type of rover. Right. Like maybe somebody... 10,000 years from now, we'll see the, those tracks on the moon and be like, what is yeah, this? Yeah, exactly. You know, like, what totally. made this? Yeah. Why are these here? These aren't natural. Yeah. Like, somebody, something put this here. Yep. But really, it was just our lame technology from the our, 60s. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. there's nothing, in they, people, you know, um, scholars have maintained, I would mm-hmm. say, yeah. Yeah. that maybe they were, you know, carved out. They just, no, there's no way that they made them all the same depth. And when and when you're there in real life, if you're standing next to one of these holes, it's a huge divot in the earth and they're spaced out the exact distance from each other. And they're exact the exact same depth, unless, you know, if the road, if it looks like the road turned a little bit, then it looks like the vehicle turned a little bit. And it's a little bit. It's just like if some type of as if it is is almost (laughs) as if a rover, almost as if a rover created it. Those trip me out and they do not find any. Uh, evidence of bowls or tools or anything like that. There's nothing hidden in them. There's nothing buried. They're right. like, oh, it's burial sites that go on for miles. Yeah. No, it's not. There's it wasn't in indigenous them. people of the time. It wasn't. No. It really was not. Yeah. There's no way. And I don't, maybe it was indigenous people that made all these geoglyphs. 
in this area that they Maybe. found the tracks that they may have done like, hey, we saw this rover here and this is how we're trying to talk to them because we don't have any other way. We saw them come from the sky with this weird thing. And so it could the, the geoglyphs may have, have been those people. I don't know. They're just rocks in the middle of nowhere in the desert. And there's not really any sign of there being a and the geoglyphs settlement. are placed rocks. Yeah. 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 Just placed rocks to make a depiction of something, an animal yeah. or human or whatever. Yeah. But there's not a settlement. There's no there's no sign of a settlement anywhere well, near they just came out to the desert to make these yeah. there well, in the, when in, they didn't live there. In the Nazca Lions, there are animals that are depicted that there is no way the people that live there would know these animals yeah. existed because these animals not from there. are not from there. So there's depictions of animals that are not from there, not only not from there, but from so far away and in in places like oceans that they had never mm-hmm. seen before. Yep. So it's things like that, and they're so big. And then this is one of the new ones that was found. Oh. It's very interesting. Looks like a, a very... Um, huh. Kind of an odd shaped, you know, like Cartoon-y. like a kid. If a kid were to draw a, a, another person in pajamas, like footy pajamas, yeah. with like a TV head, looks like Pearl Jam cover art. Yeah, it yeah. does look like Pearl <laughs> Jam cover art. Yeah, but it kind of also looks astronautish. Like looks almost like it's wearing a helmet. It could be, you know, almost as if. The big bummer of this whole thing, because the thing that got me so interested in lidar in the first place, was an episode of Ancient Aliens that talked about um, Stonehenge. And how they're using LIDAR like a couple miles from Stonehenge. And they find massive stones that are, at least they think, from LIDAR that are underneath the earth. And they're spread apart a specific distance. And it's slated to be bigger than Stonehenge itself. Is like it a henge? Is, older it a, is it a circle? And, and it's, yeah, it's, it's all in a row. They're all like sort of in a row and then going in a circle. And this is right next to it. And they, they think that it looks about the same size. And then it was just a huge bummer because they finally did start excavating that last year and it turned out to just be empty holes where they were putting timbers yeah i saw this too yeah yeah so that was a super big bummer i mean they found out a lot of other things about it anyway so it's not like it was a total it was still cool it's still a cool finding but there were no stones Mm. they thought there were stones so that was kind of kind of a bummer um so they what they did is they hitched ground penetrating radar onto four-wheelers wouldn't this be fun to be the people yeah. that do this? Like they just, they That'd hitched them onto these four wheelers and tractors and then they ran them all around that land and they made a 3D picture of what was buried beneath. And what they thought it was is a row of roughly 90 standing stones underneath the earth. So I thought they thought maybe like rubble buried that or whatever. And this is only two miles from Stonehenge and they thought they were 15 feet tall. And then when shovels hit, they found out it was just enormous pits for these uh, timber posts. So they think it, I don't know what they think it is. A defensive wall, some kind of dike, I don't know. They said that the other thing that they learned from this is that Stonehenge builders love to barbecue. Really? <laughs> yeah. They found like a ton of um, charcoal in these pits and stuff. So they said they probably used the pits the first to, barbecue. to barbecue or yeah. something. I think uh, they the did. They, f- they found like burnt bones and things like that. And so I think the... General, the general consensus was that some of these pits were sacrificial offering mm-hmm. pits. So like building a pyre pretty much in a hole yeah. and then burning people. Burning animals or people. Animals, people. Yeah, sacrificial. For sacrificial reasons. Yeah. 
So the real cool one, though, is like what you were just going to say that they found was the Pakenham LIDAR Initiative. Uh, they've been mapping an 810-square-mile area of the Mayan Biosphere Reserve in Patan, Guatemala, for the past two years. They knew that something was there when they started hitting the ground with the, the LIDAR, but they had no idea what they were going to find. And now we know we've found tons of other Mayan civilizations, right? That's all. That's been going on for mm-hmm. quite a while. We know a lot about them now. We've studied them for quite a while. We, I'm by we, I mean uh, the three of us. Right. Yeah. But also more like archaeologists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actual scientists. Uh, but it's crazy to me, at least, that we've missed such a large, probably the largest one. It's the biggest one. In the past two years, we've found the largest Mayan civilization known to man. It was just hidden in plain sight, too. It was right there. And what they found. <laughs> <laughs> well, what they, what they see, uh, what you see when you look at this stuff are hills uh-huh. and right. mountains. And jungle. So and desert. You just think and that the shape is a hill or a, na- a natural hill or yeah. mountain. Yeah. And it's under so much vegetation. The, the, the planet has re- repurposed it and reclaimed mm-hmm. it. And it turns out. Yeah, and what they found is the ruins of an ancient super civilization. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that extends far into what is now known as the deep jungle. It's just as if this was ancient Mesopotamians <laughs> trying to send us a message from the past. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they fly these things 2,000 feet above the treetops. Yeah, it's on aircraft from the National Center for Airborne Laser Mapping. Which is, you know, I'm going to... What's that acronym? I'm pr- <laughs> 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 It's equipped with LIDAR scanners that make topographical readings using laser pulses. Got to give royalties to Jake on that one. (laughs) Shit, I said it. (laughs) And then they link them to a GPS system and produce the three-dimensional maps of the surface. And what the scans found, it's not your mama's ancient settlement, but a giant network of cities with roads connecting them. A network of cities. This isn't just one settlement. network of cities connecting all these cities over 61,000 structures. Yeah, I wow. read that. 60,000 structures. Yeah. Yeah. Super advanced irrigation wow. and canal systems throughout it. Defensive walls suggesting they were frequently attacked or at war all the time. And the biggest one, like you're saying, a massive pyramid that is so covered with vegetation, you'll never believe it's a pyramid. And highways. Into the ju- into not, the jungle. not just roads like between huge cities. So, freeways. So there, there are roads that go from city to city. Like but, a trail. But then there are these... Highways like we have, like freeways. Yeah. So there, like we lane. have we have little side roads that go to places, right? We have little roads, and then we have these yeah. large freeways and highways that go long distances from here to here. Well, they had those too. That's they had this. They, it is the same idea, right? So we're learning now mm-hmm. that trade routes were going way further between civilizations yep. than we ever could imagine on land. I mean, it is absolutely crazy. There were this is a long time ago. There were peoples that we thought didn't even know each other existed, mm-hmm. that turns out those they, same people... Yeah. They were probably warring with each other. Or trading or with trading. each other. Yeah. So it, it's just crazy. It, that's why it's uh, it's such a history changer, because we thought mm-hmm. we had an idea of these people and who they were um, hanging out with, who they right. knew, yep. and we had no idea how big it actually was. And it, and it, starts to ma- it makes me think about our civilization now, how mm-hmm. we have all of these ways to go from this country to that country or even from this state to that state and 
you know, back then we're thinking, oh, they didn't. What do they got? Like horses, horses, and yeah. walk in. They're never gonna. Right. Well, no, they had a lot more, and uh, we're starting to find out that mm-hmm. it was a way more uh, expansive it place. Was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. So interesting. And it reminds me. It doesn't it make you think of like Indiana Jones, just trucking through the jungle, yeah. and you come across. You just move a couple of leaves. You're like, hey, that looks like a funny shape. You move a couple of leaves. Jake's going back in for the bijou. I am impressed. Is that your third? It's rough, folks. It's rough. <laughs> but it My does, throat. But I feel it makes like a smoker. It feels so good. It makes it feel great. It's the feeling. It's not It's not for the... I don't drink it for the, the taste. I drink it for the effect. Yeah, that's <laughs> this stuff for sure. That's this stuff for sure. But yeah, you move a couple tropical leaves and vines aside, and you're like... Looks like a rock, and then you start moving a couple more, and you're like, "It's a freaking pyramid." Yeah. And then you got to start wondering, like, if you were that person that found it, you walk up and you got to find this entrance to this pyramid, and you don't know what kind of mysteries lie beneath it, and will you ever like get out alive? That'd be so cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder what kind of treasures they're gonna find in their tombs or something. But sixty-one thousand structures. What was going on? Like maybe we'll find some written account of something in there that we never found before. We right. don't know anything, and they've written it, and we can read that now because we've found other Mayan yep. stuff. That's fucking cool. So we're talking like two thousand years back. That's a long time ago. Yeah. We don't we don't think of that because we think of in millions. We're like, oh, the dinosaurs million. You know, yeah. that's okay. That's a really that's long a time really ago. Long time, but but this is this is advanced humans, advanced humans. Yeah. Well, you got to remember what's uh, see twenty four hundred. Uh, BCE mm-hmm. was when the Great Pyramid of Giza was built, okay. finished, yep. right? Right around there. I think it was 23, 2400 BCE. This is after that. Mm-hmm. It's still a long time ago. That's 5,000 years ago-ish, right? right? But this is after that. So there are people... And far removed. And not only after that, but this is 2,000 years after that. Mm-hmm. So you got to think uh, well, 600 BCE, right? Something yeah. like 400, 600 BCE. Uh so this technology existed. These these people knew, I mean, uh, people in other places on the world knew how to build these amazing structures. Mm-hmm. So it's not hard to to believe that thousands of years after the Great Pyramid was built that this shit was going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know it was in the jungle. We didn't know it was there, yeah. That's so cool. And so they're saying prior to these LIDAR images, uh, they scientists believe, or archaeologists believe there was about 5 million people spread out through this entire area. And now that they see these structures and these highways and all that stuff, uh, it's now understood that about 10 to 15 million people yeah. and, lived and, in that uh, area. And maybe we'll start figuring out it's more. Yeah, we might. And to put that in perspective, China around that time, it had around 60 million people. This is all of China, which held a quarter of the world's population at the time. A quarter of it was in China. So 60 million compared to 10 to 15 this is this was a megalopolis as they called it. So it was huge. It's pretty cool. And they were just thriving and we we just didn't even know about it till the last 2 years. And then there's also a recent discovery in Mexico in eastern Tabasco. Did you know there's actually a place called Tabasco? <laughs> no. I didn't either. Is that where Tabasco <laughs> comes from? Yeah, I guess so. I don't I didn't research that, but I thought it was cool. Uh they just found almost 500 structures, a lot smaller, but they found them uh in an area that's currently heavily populated, which is really funny. So people are like living on top of these ancient structures <laughs> that are really it. old and they're starting to excavate those and finding st- like they're having to go in people's basements and like 
digging the ground and they're finding stuff underneath Weird. everybody because there were really they were really long rectangular structures so people kind of just started like building their houses in them <laughs> across them really long like miles long like super long it was really interesting and then in um, the UK, there's an aerial mapping project conducted by the National Trust on the Wallington Estate in Northumberland. Mm, yes. Mm, Northumberland, England. They just uncovered. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool what fair. they're doing, actually. They knew that there's been ancient stuff there for a very long time. They don't know how far back it dates. They know some of the stuff that they've carbon dated, but... That what they're actually doing is trying to plant over 20 million trees in the area because they knew it used to be heavily forested and now it's not. It has no animals. It's just all kind of barren. So they're going to plant 20 million trees, but they wanted to make sure they didn't plant them on top of stuff that they might want to uncover still because they want to dig that stuff up after they just planted trees. So they're using um, LIDAR to make sure they know where to plant these trees. Mm-hmm. And they're, these um, farming sites date back to 2500 BC at this Wallington Estates in England. So they actually can still see the outlines of of where the so where the trees were the Great Pyramid where, of Giza was Yeah, there. yeah. In England of all yeah, of all places the farming lands from that far back. It's kind of cool. And the other cool thing that they're doing with lidar is in the Amazon they're using it to map like we said altimeter they it can pass a light to see how tall things are. And they're using it to map these giant trees in the rainforest because they're so enormous. These giant red angelum trees, um, one of them can offset 40 tons of carbon a year. That's a lot. And that is more than most entire forests can absorb in one tree in the Amazon forest because there are these huge, huge trees. So they're using LIDAR to map out the largest of the trees and make sure at least those ones are protected. Because we'll be fucked, basically, if we take these huge trees down. They're never going to grow back to the height that they are now. Right. They would take forever. We need them now <laughs> more than any time. And now they found the largest tree ever recorded in history due to LIDAR. It's 30 stories tall. So if you lay it down, it's the length of a football field. Fern Gully. Fern Gully. Fern Gully. Yeah. That it's is the best movie. That's my favorite cartoon movie. It's like the pinnacle of that time of our lives growing up. Yeah. Those movies, you know? Tone Loke. They were so... Tone Loke. <laughs> they were just so different than now. It, w- it taught such a good message, too. After that, after seeing that, I never want to cut a tree down. <laughs> like, I always feel so bad for the forest. I didn't want to release Hexus, man. I give a fuck about oh, trees. Oh, yeah, Hexus, I, yes. wanna, I didn't want to release Hexus onto the world, man. Yeah, that true. That guy was a fucking asshole. Yeah, he was fucking <laughs> horrible. That's all I got. See you later. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> yeah, that's good, man. Catch a lighter, crocodile. Catch a lighter, <laughs> crocodile. <laughs> well, now it's time for Zen for those who take life too seriously. When you're dead, you don't know you're dead. All of the pain is felt by others. The same thing happens when you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we shouting out Ooh, today? Ooh, shout out to our new listeners, Kimmy and Mike Curtis. 
Yay. Not new friends. Mike. Definitely close, close friends. Old friends, new listeners. New listeners. New listeners. Well, thanks. We appreciate it. We sure do. You're now, you're now part of the uh, 22 people that listen to this show. <laughs> what else? What Come else can we show. do? Uh, Funky's Hot Sauce has a new hot sauce out. Yes, Ooh. they do. The Ghosts of Christmas. The Ghost Pepper. <laughs> and I don't know if it's like the ones we got last year. We had three last year, a friends, friends and family, family batch that, that, that they made. And it was, uh, they were like super, they were like the next level. Yeah. The next level. So I'm hoping, I haven't tried this one yet because I just found it out about mm-hmm. it today. But I'm going to pick up a bottle because it's uh uh, because everything else they make amazing. is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and as I've some I've sent funky hot sauce across the country mm-hmm. uh, to some listeners and to some friends, and every single person is like, "What the fuck is this? So yeah. good! It's, it's so good! It's, just, it's not that it's kind. Just, it's just not a. There's nothing like it's, it. Yeah, really. it's not frilly. It's not supposed to make your mouth burn so much that you can't taste anything. It's flavor. It's flavor it makes everything better. It's so Home good. Homegrown. So go get yourself some funky hot sauce many, because many, many. you'll be doing yourself a favor. <laughs> many, many, many. <laughs> and don't only get yourself some, get some for someone else as a gift. Yeah, because I it's just, just got lots of them spread. for gifts. Yeah. Yeah. That's what everybody's getting around. for Christmas yeah. in my household. I think that's a good idea. I think they got the four idea. packs going right now. So, Support local. Yeah, totally awesome Support stuff. Support local. Support local. And <laughs> we're not, and we're we're not <laughs> saying that because of any other reason. Other than oh yeah, he doesn't pay us or anything. No, no. it's just good <laughs> we stuff. We really like his hot sauce. No. We don't get paid to say it's that. It's hot. And uh, and so anyway, there's that. Um, Flask at Hand podcast social media. Those of you that are new to the show can go to our website, theflaskathandpodcast.com, and see all sorts of fun stuff, uh, pictures, videos. Dick we pics. have uh, no dick yeah. pics on there yet. <laughs> Not yet. But if we'll that's something you'd like, that. you can <laughs> send us an email. <laughs> Penis pictures. And maybe we can make something happen. Uh, <laughs> also, all of our 1 to 100 scores for all the whiskeys we try on the show. Now, today yes. we didn't do a 1 to 100 score. Only because yeah, we didn't do a whiskey. We did something kind of special yeah. and different tonight with the Baijiu from China. But I wouldn't um, even know how to scale that. You can go on there. There's pictures of mm-hmm. the whiskeys. There's our score that we give them. Also, um, some information about those whiskeys. So if you're interested in that part of the show, the whiskey part of the show, then there's some information on our website to check out. I recommend it. Uh, you can also listen uh, on the website as well. If you don't want to do that, you can go to Apple Podcasts and listen to us there. Or on whatever streaming podcast app yeah. that you use. And if you go to Apple Podcasts while you're there, just do us a nice favor. And give us a, a little review. Give us a review. Whatever you think is fair. Yeah. Give us a good review. Yep. Give us some stars. Because every little review that someone types in there helps get our show out to the masses more. And we do this for fun. This is not a business. But it makes it real exciting for us when we get yeah. lots of listeners. It, fe- cool. it feels great. And the more people that we can make smile, because we consider this a comedy podcast, even though we have history and science and mixed we're not into funny. it. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. But our it's, main un- it's unfortunate we're not funny. But we do consider it a comedy yeah. podcast. <laughs> yes. that's we, what I, we think we're funny. That's what I put in there. So when people search, then they find it. And they're, like, really disappointed. My mom, right, my mom thinks I'm funny. Isn't that or my mom thinks I'm handsome? Isn't yeah, that, wasn't that on yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, that's my Tinder profile. <laughs> it just says handsome, and then parentheses says at least my mom sa- uh, says, says I am. so. <laughs> but when I had a Tinder profile, I, I don't now. I don't have any any dating profiles at the moment. <laughs> but um, he's being profiled in a different way. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. Chicken, chicken. 
what the fuck were we talking about? Oh, again? the Tinder, or I mean, social media. Social media. Oh, because this is a comedy. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. Podcast. Um, so our goal is to make people laugh, and that's what we want to do. We want to make someone's shitty day a little bit better, and if we can do that, our job is done, and we're happy. And hopefully, you are too. We like to touch people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lindsay in more ways than one. Yeah. We uh, just really like to touch people. Yeah. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> uh, go to our uh, Instagram page too and, you know, check out our stuff. Oh, okay. Us, I will. Give us a like. Um, <laughs> uh, at the Flask at Hand podcast. There's some, there's actually some really good photos on there. It's really good stuff. And, and I try to keep up with posting on the whiskeys we're doing and and what the shows are about and some clips you from did each great show. Job. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. We try to we try to it's, it's hard, you know. Social media is it's 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 a business now for everybody. So if you're not always keeping up on but this like I said, this is a hobby for us and uh, nothing more and we just want to uh, have a good time and have other people yeah. have a good time. So anyway, you go check our stuff out there, you know, like, follow, subscribe comment what, what do people oh, yeah. say yeah all that stuff just uh yeah. yeah share comment it's amazing what social media does for a podcast it podcasts grow the best with word of mouth sharing commenting all that stuff on social media it's way better than paying for advertisement mm-hmm. it's it, you know you could i c- we could we could drop you know hundreds yeah. thousands of dollars or whatever on advertisement and, and get to a certain place but really at the end of it all if you have a good time listening to this show and you like this show, share it with your friends that are like-minded because mm-hmm. that's what that's um, we want to do it. That's that's how we want to do yeah. it. Yeah. And also, we, we don't want to have ads. We don't have like tons of commercials in between everything. You know, it's just Some not podcasts our, it's have just that. Not our style. It's annoying. Yeah. I don't like it. It's yeah. Just not I'm not style. ever going to want to do that. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. This the is other, supposed to be fun. The other thing to shout out would be the Whatcom Humane Society. Yep. Whatcom yeah. Humane Society. Uh, that was a great time. That we, was so much fun. So we did a raffle along with AMH Custom Craft, who is an amazing craftsman. Artist. All of those things. And person. But we got to go down there and give that to them. And they were so grateful and I happy. I got to hold a kitten. Kittens so and dogs money for that. and all sorts of stuff. But if you live in the local area, Whatcom County, I recommend going there and checking it out. It's mm-hmm. just a bunch of really awesome people, a bunch of really awesome animals. They're doing really great things. Yeah, uh, or if you're not in the area and you're looking for a charity to give to, yep. that's a, that's one would be top of our list. Yeah. Because they do now a great especially, job with it. Because yeah. I had no interaction with them before this whole thing. And mm-hmm. I, we just we wanted to kind of include the community somehow and ended up meeting these people and they're just... Uh, really now they're great. part of our community. Yeah. yeah. And that's, uh, yeah, we're sorry. Heck yeah. We love you. Yeah, we love you. Yeah. Good night. I, I've, I've tried to get it across every time I've spoken, but I don't think it's really come out. And I don't know. I, uh, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do but stand here and scream at you. All talk, no action. <laughs>